0: You know, these these creatures, I think they are the absolute masters of their, their environment. Way, way better than we could ever be with any form of technology as well.
1: Everybody and welcome to the Paranormal Portal Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Thomas. Thank you all for joining us, and a special thank you goes out to all of you who continue to support the podcast and continue to spread the word. Always remember, if any of you out there have experiences of your own that you'd like to share, feel free to email me at radio at gmail.com. Again, paranormalportalradio at gmail.com, and you too could be a guest on the show. everybody. Welcome to the Paranormal Portal Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Thomas. Thank you all for joining us today. And uh, uh, a sincere and uh, heartfelt Happy New Year to all of you. Thank you for making 2021 a great year for us. And uh, here's to a better 2022. So... I got a wonderful show and surprise guest today. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, our guest today has been a longtime friend of the show. Uh, he and I are personal friends as well as uh, as well as professional friends. And uh, he's been on the show before, but we're welcoming welcoming back Mister Cade Moya of the Believe Podcast from all the way down under in Australia. And he's gonna we're gonna go through the night talking about uh, all kinds of strange and wonderful stuff that you've come to expect from the Paranormal Portal. Welcome to the show, Cade. How you doing, brother?
0: Oh, it is so exciting to be here, Brent. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Thank you for having <laughs> me on, my friend.
1: <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, you know, it's it's nice to have not only the you know the professional relationship that we have, but the the personal relationship as well. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I know you and I have leaned on each other pretty heavily over the years and uh, used each other as sounding boards and uh, talking about the behind-the-scenes stuff. So, in a lot of ways, you've kept me pretty sane in this whole zoo of uh, podcasting, but. Uh, I'm just really glad you came on, brother.
0: No, it's uh, it's always good to have friends in the uh, in the industry. Is that what we'll call it the the podcast industry? <laughs> because the world is actually really small when you um when you you start to look at it from that third third person point of view, and then. Sure. <laughs> you know, the, the very niche topics that we talk about it, that circle gets incredibly small. There's, there's us and, and a handful of other people out there that, that do this. And uh, mm. yeah, to mm. to connect with someone else and just be able to kind of talk about it just really, really casually at any time. It's, it's so good. It's so refreshing because yeah. I don't know about you, but a lot of the, the friends I have, uh, they don't dive deep like we do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you know, I'm sure a lot of my a lot of my real life friends don't know what to do with me, so that's why that's why these connections are so important because we're in such a such a strange world, aren't we?
0: Oh, we are, we are, and uh, I I think I need to find myself uh, my own little don. I need to find my own long beard to <laughs> to keep me company company on those uh, cold, lonely nights. <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell you, he's, he's a snuggler. No, I'm just
1: kidding. <laughs> uh, I let him be the big spoon every once in a while. No, he's a good guy. Don's, Don's been a wonderful, uh, wonderful asset to me on the, on the YouTube shows as well as these podcasts. Don is actually a producer and puts all these together and makes them sound really good. So uh, it's been a great relationship that he and I have had and friendship as well. But um, So the Believe podcast, how long have you been doing that, brother?
0: I reckon I've been gone for about two years now, so it's um in in that two years it's been a busy two years i've um I've clocked up thirteen seasons of the podcast so <laughs> that's
1: right that's right you do those Hollywood seasons that's right I forgot about that and what is it How yeah many-
0: that's <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, I'm not a madman like you, who who seems to want to pump out a billion episodes a week. I um, I'll do ten at a time and take a break and have a bit of a breather. <laughs> nice. Yeah,
1: you've done a great
0: job over there, and for two years,
1: brother, you've done some amazing stuff. You've had some epic uh, episodes and made some really cool connections. But if, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for another paranormal podcast, definitely check out Believe. Um, because that is a, a really a top-notch show. You're doing a fantastic uh, job. Um, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we're just going to spitball and talk about all the strange phenomena that we do talk about here. So it's kind of our little mini roundtable episode, uh, New Year's discussion about the wonderful fun of the paranormal. So for two years you, you've been doing this. Tell me, which which of the phenomena do you really get most excited about or is there is there any one that you get most excited about
0: oh that's easy it's always the the yowie stories for me because Mm -hmm. you know probably much like yourself big fan of sasquatch chronicles so anytime i hear uh you know my own sasquatch encounter down under it gets me so pumped because these things are you know, these things aren't supposed to exist. These are big, hairy monsters that live out in the mm. in the bush or the wilderness, as you may call it. And uh, people just run into these things and it just changes their whole world. And for me, it's just like that is – that's incredible. It's yeah. incredible that something like that is just out there and people see it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It is crazy, And
1: uh, you know. I've never had the the pleasure or the miss, the unfortunate luck of seeing one. I've, I've I believe I've been in in close proximity to one, but I never did see it. And thank God, because I, I don't know what that would be like. But it, when I, when Don and I were at a, a conference in Kelso, Washington, we were at a, a Squatch Fest over there this last fall, and or, or late summer, I guess it was in it was in July, but. Uh, we there was a statue there of an 8 foot bigfoot and and it it kind of standing next to that really puts it all in perspective what that might be like and i got to tell you even though that thing was stuffed and it you know obviously it wasn't going anywhere it, once you think about it from that context like you know people have seen the moving angry version of this in their face before uh you you feel really small you feel really really vulnerable and I can't imagine what that's like in real time three d
0: yeah that's the that's the type of stuff um that changes everything for you because you're you, not not to not to say like it's emasculating or anything like that, but it's it's something that you would probably have a fear of nothing like that in your life ever again,
1: right, yeah. Well, you know, that's a, that's an interesting point, of course, because, you know, not that I've interviewed, uh, you know, any great number of experiences. I've interviewed several, though, through the years of doing the portal. But in listening to other interviews that are out there, people that are, you know, um, combat veterans and stuff, and they talk about, you know, having experienced fear and having been, you know, and, and I imagine, I can't imagine that either. But you'd think somebody coming back from, from combat or something would be, you know, a pretty stoic and hardened individual, but the the fear that they talk about experiencing, even for those people, it's just, it, it's just so overwhelming. Now, I I gotta ask you, what do you think of this? And and this is where we're just gonna start spitballing ideas. But you know, in the in the Yowie slash Bigfoot phenomena, people do experience these fears, and sometimes they experience them out of nowhere, like they don't even necessarily know something's there. And then all of a sudden the mood will change. They talk about how the atmosphere just changes, the energy just changes, and that's boom. And and I'm wondering, do you think do you think it's possible um that this is something that's being done very intentionally by these by these beings? That they are able to somehow appeal to that primal fear in us, whether through you know, some other uh, extrasensory way and telepathy or
0: or maybe even pheromones or what do you think? Have you thought about that? Yeah. It's something that I hear all the time with encounters is that, and it's almost like there's a, a Yowie handbook that you can kind of go by when Mm -hmm. you hear about these people's encounters, because it's, you know, it's kind of the same thing over and over, you know, the, the bush goes quiet. There's a, there's a sense of dread. There's, you know, sometimes there's the, the smell that goes along with this type of stuff and just a a sense of, I'm, I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah, all without hearing or seeing anything. Right, and it's it's just like it's such a an unnatural thing. And the Australian bush is just so full of life and and sound. Like if you go out there, it's it's almost deafening how loud it can be sometimes. Mm-hmm. And for that to just kind of have a vacuum effect happen to it, yeah, is almost probably. I, I think that would almost be scarier than seeing the yowie because that is just such an unnatural phenomenon yeah. to happen. And yeah, why it happens, I don't know. I wonder if it is something that the the human body does mm-hmm. to, to heighten your own senses. If there's like a, like you said, like if there's a primal um, activation that kind of goes on inside in, in, in the human mind or something like that, of a, mm-hmm. like a flight or fight type of response where everything just kind of gets turned up to 11. And yeah you kind of have to react from there. And a lot of encounters kind of, that's the end point for it. things get weird and people kind of back out. Sure. But then, you know, you obviously know, like people then go that extra step and go, Oh yeah, that was weird. But then they hear a roar or they see the creature. It's, mm-hmm. I just couldn't imagine the sensory overload that would be.
1: <laughs> no either. And, and there again is the, the, that huge, uh, you know, comically big, uh, being with such immense strength and physical prowess, and and you know how how outclassed we are, but I uh, you know I've thought about this a lot in terms of the Bigfoot Yahweh uh, experiences, and that they they seem to be masters of psychological warfare in a sense, like. They, they do the shadowing thing where they'll shadow walk you know, and, and, and parallel people uh, knowing exactly. Because they, they obviously can move very very silently through any brush and bush and not make a sound if they choose. But it's like they choose to just because they know it's cranking up people's anxiety. And I, and I, think, it's, I think it's very, very strategic. And that, again, would, would uh, signify a pretty profound intelligence because I think they know exactly what they're doing. And oftentimes it starts with just the silence um, or, or just, you know, that that's enough. Or then there's the, you know, the, the stick knocking and, and uh, the whoops that some people hear in a distance and, and that's unnerving as well. And, you know, it's like they, they crank up what they're doing in such a strategic way you I remember hearing stories of campers they start out the first night like you know it kind of sounded like someone was walking through our campsites during the night and that was really weird and we all felt really uncomfortable but then the next night started getting rocks thrown and and things like that and we couldn't make heads or tails of that was it squirrels or what and why people think squirrels throw rocks I don't know but (laughs) that comes up an awful lot um and then there's the, uh, you know, we, 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 heard, uh, that the splash of the big rocks, it's like the size of the rocks will continue to get bigger and bigger until you finally leave. It starts out with like pebbles or acorns or something like that. And they go to pine cones and, and little rocks. And, the, and I think that they're probably incredibly lethal, like with their accuracy, it's, they're trying not to hit, they're just trying to intimidate. And they keep cranking it up and cranking it up until the people get to a breaking point because the people that are in these experiences, I don't mean to keep snowballing here, but they, they talk about how they didn't really sleep at night. And that's so psychological. I mean, that's like psychological warfare 101. You don't want your target to ever get comfortable. You keep taking them out of their comfort zone, keep cranking the anxiety. You keep pushing them until they just don't want to be there anymore. And then, you know, eventually people do leave, but it's got to make you wonder if these people didn't finally leave just how deadly it could get
0: oh absolutely it's it's a really good point that you bring up like i've never even considered the you know the thought that these are these creatures are doing that on purpose to you know to 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 torment these people to to push them out because uh the thing is and and this could just be dumb luck this could be like me blindly choosing these these types of encounters for for my show but a lot of the the Yowie encounters uh i would say majority majority of them seem to be aggressive there's there's rarely the opportunity for for like the the light stick throwing and and stuff like that it's no this thing's shaking its damn tree over here and growling at you to (laughs) to get out and it's marching around everywhere. Like they they don't seem to to tittle tattle around that over here too much. But you know, that's obviously not to say that that's not the case because, you know, I obviously I haven't spoken to everyone who's had a Yowie encounter, but hey, if you have hit me up. I'd love to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> always working. Always working. <laughs> always hustling mate. Um but but the thing is like that's a that's a really, really good bit of insight there that I've I've obviously never really consider because Mm -hmm. you know these these creatures i think they are the absolute masters of their their environment Mm -hmm. way way better than we could ever be with any form of technology as well right yeah i think so too i think they they
1: know exactly what they're doing how they're doing it and and when people have seen them move the 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 frightening speed and the fluid motion and and the agility that people are are viewing and
0: you know, we—if
1: a person were to take the same trek, it would be stumble, fall, break, you know, trip. You know, <laughs> these things are doing all of that and and going through incredible brush and and even not making noise if they choose not to, and then making a lot of noise when they choose to as well. So it's like I just got to believe—I have to believe—that this is very intentional, and it's just the one of their intelligences is just to cue in on people. And I know that may sound far fetched to some of you listeners out there. It's like, how could they know? Well, your dog knows what kind of person you are. If you know, if, I mean, you ever watch the Dog Whisperer on on uh, on TV? It's Caesar, I forget his last name, Milan. He's uh, he's this Hispanic guy, but he's brilliant with dogs. And he he talks about how how dogs will mirror their owner's energy level. I mean, they cue into it. And if your dog can do that, and if your cat can do that, then you know why is it so much to believe? that these other beings could also do that and and maybe more, maybe so much more. So I think it's very interesting.
0: And one thing I also want to say about the way that, like, these creatures move, like, you you hear about all the different ways that they move and they just do it so elegant, uh, so, uh, I guess, so fluidly, so so perfect. Like, they can walk like spiders, they can climb up trees. uh, Everything is just done. Like, it's the way they always move. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the the human body, like we we're, we're just not like that, you know. We can't do we can't I can't do that, man. I, I sit down on the floor and I swear my knees pop twenty <laughs> times on the way up. You know, I ain't sneaking up on no Yowies or anything like that in the bush. I'll hear me a mile away. They'll hear my grunting and groaning and groaning and panting as I come through
1: the forest. Long before they'll ever see me.
0: he says what's the difference between an orb in the sky and an orb in your house? Human element will tell you that the, the orb in your house is a ghost and the one in the sky is a UFO
1: but I just think those things are so incredibly uh Dem- demonstrative of the intelligence of these creatures, like if they have a physical intelligence, they have an environmental intelligence, they have a psychological intelligence. They're probably not going to ever change the transmission on a car or build a you know a new a new spaceship or anything like that. But they seem to have a different kind of intelligence, and and they're very adept at their surroundings. One of the things that really blew me away with learning about the Yowie, because you know, of course, I've in the, being from the U.S. and and hearing. Hundreds, if not thousands, of different encounter stories through the years, whether you know in person or on Sasquatch Chronicles or, or wherever I might have stumbled across them. The funny thing is the parallels, because the, you know I would have assumed, I guess that you know, I, I obviously the assumption is is that these two things are very closely related, maybe even this very same thing, but they've been separated for thousands, tens of thousands of years, and and still the behaviors are so closely parallel to each other, it's like there was never any distance between them. Like they still, they do the same things. And I find that really exciting and also a bit mystifying.
0: Yeah. It's, it's kind of like the Jurassic Park saying, you know, nature finds a way and these things will always just find a way to just keep going Mm. regardless of, of where they are. It's, and it's so funny because I hear stories of these creatures being on landlocked islands and things like that. And just being there for thousands and thousands and thousands of years and Mm -hmm. operating the same way that a Yowie does. That's, you know, 10,000 kilometers away in the center of Australia. (laughs) It doesn't stay. You wouldn't expect that, would you? I mean, maybe, may I, well,
1: so I also think about, okay, so we as human beings, our cultures, that we've had many dis- disparate cultures across the globe that for aeons were probably inaccessible to each other. And yet there's very similar ways that we developed in, in a lot of ways. I mean, of course there's differences, um, but the, I guess, you know, we, we even being separated as such still developed in very similar fashion. Um, you know, meaning like we all, you know, we all have our villages and, and our towns and our cities. We all have some form of 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 you know, security or or policing or something. There's the there's the rulers or elders or whatever, and there's you know there's so there's basic structures that seem to echo throughout humanity, even though the developments were so. Uh, isolated from each other. So maybe the same can be said for the Yahwehs. that that's just the logic. That's what you would maybe expect, but it's hard to say. It's just fascinating. But, um, I, I, you know, I, I really have to admit that I love this subject too. I think this is a, an incredibly fascinating subject and, and obviously could go on for years just talking about the, the amazing, possibilities with it and and i I think that that's one of the things that i've loved a lot about doing the show the paranormal portal is meeting people and and having the opportunity to have these discussions because you know for me it's this is all just a big a big search a big quest to understand these you know maybe even existential questions that i have about what does all this mean what is it all about you know because i just don't believe that all this paranormal, uh, 40 in cryptozoology, it, it's not just where things are, 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 sideways or hiccups. It's the, it's, it's something profound being demonstrated that we need to learn from. And in, 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 case of, in the case of UFOs, you know, I mean, I think that they represent a, a real enigma and, and what are your thoughts on UFOs? Are they, are they extraterrestrial? Are they something extra dimensional? Are they something else? Like maybe like an inner earth kind of thing. What are your thoughts there?
0: Oh boy, this is a rabbit hole, isn't it? This is, <laughs> this is something that can go so many different ways because I, I'm one of these people that like I, I get an idea in my mind and I'll, I'll go, yeah, you know what? This is definitely what a, a yaoi is. This is definitely what a, a UFO is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I talk to people who have encounters with them and they're always so different, and I don't know if they're they're genuinely different in in so many different ways, mm-hmm. or if it's just the the human consciousness taking it differently, oh. the way that a, a human can perceive what they're what they're seeing. Um, I, I think there's a very psychological element to to all of the the weird and wonderful stuff that we we do talk about because you know, like you said, the these things are paradigm changing and the, the human mind can really only do with the human mind can only do what it can with what it knows. Right. When you put something in there that kind of doesn't make sense, isn't supposed to exist, it kind of fries the system, I think a little bit. (laughs) So when someone says, you know, I saw this, shall or I saw this UFO and it did this amazing thing. There's every chance that that's exactly how it happened. Mm -hmm. But the 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 reality is like it could have also been so much more fantastical, but their brain is just kind of limited to to oh, say, look, uh-huh. this is this is how you perceived what happened.
1: That's a good point. That's a really good point. I think that's is that your bell or mine? My <laughs> bell. <laughs> was my timer up? What's going on? Uh, but no, I think that's a really good point because I, I think you're right. I think that the one thing that all of these phenomena have in, in common is that they are being observed by a person and of course people have filters people have the abilities or or varying abilities of observation for one um they may have varying um amounts of of what do I want to say like uh knowledge to to relate what they're seeing and uh whether that be scientific or cultural or whatever um you know and then there's there's varying abilities of people just to uh see with uh you know eye eye conditions and and glasses and and other variables like that so um but it is true I think that's a great point that it is a very individualistic kind of experience uh in you know i think about things like you you take two people and and show them each a rose and they're going to see two very distinctly different roses because they notice some some the, the, to them there was more important aspects than others like somebody oh look at those beautiful petals somebody else will be like oh you know i love that smell that just makes me so happy and and someone else will be pissed about the thorns and you know each one will take away something different from that experience of just a rose, and that's just one object, that's one one finite example that can have a myriad of explanations of what that means. So I think that's very profound that you point that out. That this is this is a, um, a phenomena of of interpretation. All of this stuff is it's and it's uh, interpreted interpreted. really. I'll just add stuff to words to make it sound way smarter, Cade. Um, but I, I think that's, that's incredible. That's a great, great, great observation.
0: Yeah. And that's something that I've, I've learned over time because I'm lucky enough to speak to people who have these encounters and then those people will have a shared encounter with someone and they just perceive the same event completely differently. Some people are Wow, that was 1000% a UFO. That was the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life. And the other person's like, "No, that was a shooting star that just happened to turn 90 degrees." Mm. <laughs>
1: Happens all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> uh, so, what do you what do you think of the phenomenon, though? Do you think um, obviously this it is a it, there's a real big spider web when it comes to UFO phenomena because it's it, it's it, as you stated, I think most eloquently it's, it's, it's interpreted differently by people, but there's, there's people that have, um, they have experiences that that maybe deal with abduction. Some people just see things, have seen things in the sky, seen craft doing things that doesn't make sense to what we know about our, you know, modern capabilities. And, uh, then there's other people that have almost these ghostly extraterrestrial experiences and it's there gets to be this real bleed through
0: with it, you know, from different phenomena. And I find that very intriguing as well. Yeah, there's there was a guest on my show, Damian Knott, who is one of the most interesting people I've ever spoken to when it comes to the world of the UFO uh, Mm. phenomenon, because he kind of seems to be a magnet for him. And he told me that the, the UFO um, phenomenon, and I'm absolutely going to butcher it because I'm no way near as articulate as he is. Um, People instantly know that, (laughs) but um, he, he kind of said that the, the human um, element to the, uh, the UFO phenomenon is the the, the key element because it's kind of our perception of what we're seeing defines what we think it is. And he says, what's the difference between an orb in the sky and an orb in your house? Mm-hmm. Well, the human element will tell you that the, the orb in your house is a ghost and the one in the sky is a UFO.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Good point. And, he, and he kind of seems to imply or, or, or think that, you know, there could be a much much more of a connection between the, the UFO and the paranormal world um, than than most seen, because there is this sense of high strangeness that comes along with the, the UFO world as well.
1: That's a great point. Uh, And, and, you know, that's something that's fascinating to me as well. I I have seen with my own eyes, the little, the little orbs, like about the size of a quarter or 50 cent piece, uh, one was in this house and one was in another house I lived in years ago. Both times they looked like a little, little yellow sun, uh, without being quite as bright, but just kind of that light moving. One was right in front of my eyes as I was sitting on the floor. And the other was, I was walking into my kitchen and, and around the cupboard came this little glowing ball of light that went by my legs and disappeared. And I, you know, I never considered even for a second that that could have been a UFO. But you're right that, that, you know, of course people do see these orbs in the sky that, that appear to interact with UFOs on many occasions. Like they'll see like a, a triangle craft or a saucer craft or some other cigar shape and, and the orbs are somehow, you know, interrelating to that or or interacting on some level. And so the assumption is is that that's some kind of possible probes or or uh, UA, uh, um, drones of some kind from the, the main craft and and maybe they are and and then there's the people in the forest that see these these random spirit lights drifting through the trees and and so how do you differentiate that that's a profound question that's a a a really cool point
0: yeah it's something that really it blew my mind when he gave me that perspective is that where the where the controlling element in all of these different types of encounters Mm. It could all be the same thing. It's just we're the ones who maybe we are just simply overcomplicating what these things are. You know, that's a great point. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's all a matter of interpretation. So, um, wow, I hadn't expected on, uh, on so many epiphanies tonight, kid <laughs>
0: <laughs> But personally, personally, I like to think that UFOs are. I think I like to think that they're a craft type of vehicle. I like to think that you know that is something tangible that that you yeah. can touch. Um, I for me, that makes more sense um, just through what I have learned throughout the zeitgeist, mm-hmm. um, be that misinformation, be that Hollywood, be that just my personal interpretation of what it is. But I, I personally think that they are more of a, a tangible type of device that you know is either manipulating, the the universe around it, or manipulating gravity to to do what they do, because sure. you know they are obviously yeah. doing these incredibly unhuman uh, in inhuman type of um, movements. Yeah. So you know, people will just be turned into spaghetti mush in there, into <laughs> in those machines when you when you hear the g forces or sure. the speeds that they're moving compared to you know fire, uh, fighter planes and things like that, and those those are Machines that are pushing the human body to the absolute limit, and those pilots have to be trained to take uh, that type of, yep, to I guess, forces against they, their body.
1: Yeah, it's like they do like almost like a Le Mans breathing and stuff, you know, <laughs> you know as they're making those those strong banks and stuff. Yeah, and your you're, that's a great point. They do seem to uh, to have a different model of physics, at least around the craft, uh, from what I've heard observed.
0: And I think it's such a a rad idea to think that all our ancestors had basically E.T. friends. And to think, like, maybe we're on the cusp of, of our turn for that.
1: I've seen UFOs, but I've never seen those those incredible acrobatics or any any kind of uh, you know really. Uh impressive aerial feats. They were mostly just, well, on one, one occasion, and I showed you a video of one drifting by. Um, as I happened to be outside, uh, I saw one go overhead that I didn't record. I saw uh, one over a tree that was just sitting there, and it made me uncomfortable finally when I realized the gravity of the situation and, <laughs> and decided I want to leave before I got probed or something. But, uh, you know, um, yeah, I mean, there there's so much to... Un, to uncover or to to try to comprehend and i i just don't think we're capable of it right now
0: no not at all because i've had my handful of ufo encounters mm-hmm. and they've all been so so different from each other that it kind of just leaves it as a big question mark for me you know i've seen i've seen an orb that was like a, a ball of plasma in my backyard of all things and it it was oh. about the size of a um of a of a 50 cent coin so uh, maybe an inch or two which you know just it was just there and it just kind of dissipated it just disappeared into nothing right um and then a couple of nights later same backyard i see a light zigzag across the sky in oh, tremendous wow. speed and it was just it was just gone it was there for a second and just zip 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 and that was it wow and then and one of the one of the better ones that i've seen is this light it was way over the mountains and it had a whole bunch of other little lights just spinning around it and it and it was hard to tell, but it looked like they were going into it. Oh. But because of the the distance was just so great, it was hard to hard sure. to fully tell. But I could tell that there was light spinning around this other larger light. Wow. And all of that encounter is completely different.
1: That is really cool though. You know, it's it's funny we've both seen those little ones though. That's kind of cool. That, that's that's amazing um yeah i don't know i don't pretend to know either i do i guess i do kind of feel like they come from somewhere else like i don't think that well i mean they may be located here i guess that's always a possibility but i don't think they started here like they just maybe came or maybe they predate us uh as with the the whole anunnaki epochs and stuff maybe maybe we're the uh result of 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 their activity here but there doesn't seem to be any any time in in ancient history or modern that these things haven't been around i find it interesting um that now there's all these discussions since the since the acknowledgement that basically the the soft disclosure of of UFOs being real because of the Tic Tac craft and the you know the Navy released and uh, the Pentagon released inadvertently I guess they <laughs> they say they didn't really mean to release it but somebody brought it to the light or le- leaked it or whatever but they they've acknowledged they don't know what they are and I think that that's a big leap forward now what I find interesting is that. <clears throat> now that there, now there's all this hubbub in, in, in the U S like in Washington and NASA of creating these think tanks and groups that'll have to, you know, wh- you know, work on the, f- this phenomena and, and to, you know, help people understand uh, what this means and, you know, encounter encounters with p- perhaps alien intelligences. And I think that that's absolutely a slap in the face because, these same bodies, these same groups for decades called all these witnesses idiots, you know, fantasy, you know, tinfoil hat wearing. They were just nothing but disparaging and hurtful to these people that had experiences and didn't know what to do with them. And now they're trying to position themselves to be the authorities and the and the filter for you know the official release of information. And it's like you guys kind of lost that. You lost that opportunity. When, you you know, you you didn't give people credibility, even when I'm sure they knew that this stuff is real, they didn't just come into this, (laughs) come to this epiphany all of a sudden, this is something they've known forever, but they've been covering it up and now they want to sit on top of the information pile. It's just like, oh my God
0: it um it really i'm not one for conspiracy theories at all because i think conspiracy theories can be incredibly dangerous and leave people down you know rabbit holes that are you know <laughs> yeah rabbit holes that people should not be going down um but i i do think that there had to be something that happened that made the us government take notice of these for whatever reason because it just seems to happen for just because a, a video came out, yeah. I don't know if that's enough for them to, right. to take it as seriously as they're taking it now. Yeah. I feel like something has happened. Sure. Um, we right. don't know what has happened. Like I, maybe it's fun to speculate about. Um, could it be bad? Could it be good? Who knows? But for me, I, I personally think that there had to be some kind of uh, event for them to go, yeah, we need, to, we need uh, to look into this maybe just a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're right. You, you, that's a great point because just the videos themselves, they could have easily said, "No, we don't know where these are." Uh, obviously, somebody with Photoshop and, and some creative skills and could have left it at that. And and a large swath of the population would have been, "Yeah, they're just not real. They're fake," um, because the government said so. But they didn't do that. You're right. Why didn't they? That's a good question. That's now you got my you got me thinking about that. Now I'm I'm kind of curious. What what's going on that we don't know that made them suddenly and, go hey we should probably start talking about this
0: <laughs> and what really piques my, my interest on it now is that NASA has come out and um, hired a whole bunch of priests right. to to, the, <laughs> to tackle the subject of you know how do we how do we break this to to all the religious organizations that if aliens are real. Like what what does that mean for us? Like what does that mean for religion? How does that change things? How do we how do we go about this? Yeah. Like, is, yeah. like doesn't that just make you go, why? Why are you why are you doing <laughs> that? Why are you looking into it now? Like what's gonna happen? <laughs> well, that's the funny part is that I don't think it's I don't think any
1: of these things are, are new revelations. I think they've always been, but they just wanted to keep people out of the discussion. But, many, you know, so many people have had experiences and, and more information is coming from other governments and other disclosures that have happened. And I think that, uh, you know, I don't think that that's enough still that they would all, you know, suddenly open the books. I don't think they ever will. But maybe there's some event coming that they know of and, and they're not going to be able to stop it anyway. So they're trying to sit on the front end of it and, and try to be, you know filter that propaganda or, you know, or propagandize it or something. And and here's the thing. I, I hate conspiracy stuff too. I really do. Um, because for the same reasons, I think that people have amazingly wild ideas about what could be going on, but I gotta, I gotta say the, that so many of these conspiracy theories are coming true. It's like, these, these releases of like weather, weather modifications and you know that people were saying oh they're modifying weather harp everything else and now there's you know admissions by China that they've been doing weather modification for quite a while and and uh, you know so many other things um, that have been, that have come forward as being fact now that used to be scoffed at you know that oh that's just conspiracy theories and so it makes you wonder how much else is is really going on and and I don't pretend to be capable of of trying to figure that out I just I'm not informed enough but I find it interesting that all of these things including UFOs that were just scoffed at and, and ridiculed officially for so long are now just like oh well now we're going to we're going to talk about them because they're real
0: it's like really okay that's that's to me that's disturbing I don't know yeah and the, the what I find disturbing is that it almost seems like the the biggest revelation in our lifetime that ufo's are real was almost a footnote like no one seems to care about it.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah how big is that it's kind of funny though because uh, on the other hand one of the one of the scapegoats for that was well you know if people found out those are real it would undermine people's worlds and their you know their religions their their you know the society would turn upside down and turns out it's just tuesday you know it's like yeah. it wasn't a big it wasn't a big earth-changing event. people are like yeah see i told you i saw that weird light i knew it was not ours you know i think it's good though
0: i think it, it gave a lot of people who had these experiences the validation to yes to know that what they saw was real um because i, I I, know, I don't want to speak for, for the masses when it comes to this, but I, I feel like most people who have an experience aren't going out there to try prove to people that they saw something. I think they're mostly trying to prove to themselves that they did see something and seeing this type of stuff in the news, I think it's really good validation for them to go... Oh yeah that was great. I did see that. I'm not going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> see mom, I told you I was fine.
1: <laughs> I think that I think you're right and and I I don't know where where it'll go from here but it is exciting. I I I tend to believe. I I really do kind of tend to Subscribe to the whole ancient astronaut ideas, at least in some form. I don't know that they're all legitimate. I think that there's been just some really fantastic ev- advances that were made by human beings and mankind. Uh, I don't know human civilization. I guess I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to alienate anybody, but uh, um, I think that you know people have done some incredible things, and that's that doesn't take away from the fact that maybe in some ways we had help though. We had help. Um just because of the 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 fantastical things that are out there like Puma Punka in in uh in South America or Central America, where the, these huge granite slabs are machined with absolute laser precision. And to, to try to speculate that being done with brass tools. And and again, I'm probably misrepresenting it a lot. And and there's going to be people out there going, no, no, no. Well, they did it with this, this, this. And more learned people than me. But I'm just talking about my, my ability to understand it. It just seems so far beyond what an ancient people with very rudimentary tools could have done.
0: You know? Yeah. And I think it's such a... A rad idea to to think that you know all our ancestors had basically ET friends. Yeah, yeah. You know, and to think like who knows? Maybe maybe we're on the cusp of of our turn for that. Maybe maybe that's what's
1: coming. That'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? If just like suddenly it was like uh, what was that District Nine or whatever? <laughs> suddenly there's a there's a big mothership just hovering above cities. It's like oh, I guess they're here.
0: Yeah, and then we'll see Don turn into the cockroach man.
1: <laughs> I'll just say, wait, let's call NASA see what they see. We sh- we should do. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, it's it's funny. But before we're done, I just want to touch a little bit on the ghostly phenomena because uh, we've we've managed to go through two of the big ones, and I guess the other big one. Uh, well, there's so much more, of course, that we could unpack, but. What what is your thoughts on the ghostly phenomena? Okay, do you think that well, I, I I believe you think they're probably real, but what do you think they are? Are they are they formerly living people? Are they something else that we just perceive spiritually because of our limited uh, ability to observe the universe around us? Or what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, this is this is a really really good topic. It's it's something that I think let me maybe explain it in in a little bit more of a broader sense is that I think when, you know, when us as a person expires, we're, we're made up of energy and just scientifically that that energy has to go somewhere and where that energy goes for me, I don't know. It obviously goes back out into the universe and something has to happen with that energy. Does it get turned into, into this phenomenon of, you know, the, the paranormal ghostly spirits, things like that. Possibly, you know, there's, that's every chance a a possibility because I mean, I've interviewed a lot of people, man, but I've never heard of anyone telling me about a ghost chair or a ghost tree that's been burnt down or anything like that. It's only things that seem to be, uh, have a conscious to it. And I've, I've heard of very rarely, you know, animal ghosts and things like that. But, you know, there's there's obviously something attached to the consciousness of, of the paranormal, I think. And do I think ghosts are people who have passed? Every chance in the world, that's what it is. Every chance. I think the 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 human soul if that exists i think it exists uh i think that continues on somewhere i think that energy is transferred somewhere and that could be an afterlife that could be uh another dimension or yeah that could be you know maybe you decide to haunt whoever lives in moves into your new house <laughs> i hate the new drapes damn it <laughs>
1: uh i'm with you i i think it's it is fascinating and and i i think it is dem- demonstrable what happens to the physical body after passing, but the conscious energy is still the mystery. Um, I just did a show on uh, near-death experiences with uh, Sergio Halabi of the, the Paradigm Shift podcast, and and he had some really great uh, stories and, and experiences. And one person he knew, and, and I think that near-death experiences are kind of, a glimpse into what does happen. I think that's, you know, the to me that's fascinating and it is kind of like a ghostly experience but for the, you know, in a first person kind of way, like you're not observing a ghost, you are the energy that is what we understand to be ghosts but he was talking about this experience with this woman because a lot of people with near-death experiences say, no, that's just a DMT dump. It's just it's just nothing. It's just the brain trying to uh, stay calm while it's shutting down, like game over in the end. But what he said was really kind of cool. He said this woman had never had sight her entire life. And so she was born without sight, lived her whole life without sight. She had a near-death experience. She was clinically dead and suddenly she was out of her body and, and viewing things and seeing them and was able to finally go, oh my God, this is what it's like to see. And so she was able to come back from this experience and going through the, you know, the hyperspace to uh, someplace and having a discussion. No, it's not your time coming back. But it really validates the experience because this woman who had never had sight uh, suddenly was able to experience it, explain the way things looked, and uh, was able to very accurately portray that back. And I, and I thought that was incredibly profound. And, and it just removes the whole, no, this is, a, this is a biochemical reaction just to cause people to relax as they're breathing their last breath. Um, I think there's more to it. And, and I think you're right. Now, I do also think that, uh, again, and I kind of alluded to this a little bit, that I think that we perceive a lot of things as quote-unquote ghosts, spirits. Um, and, and it's only because of our limited observational abilities. Like we only see a very specific part of the light spectrum, but a whole bigger spectrum exists that we cannot see. And same with sound. And I'm sure the same is with matter or vibration of matter that, that things exist beyond our physical ability to perceive it. And so those, those beings that may exist in those wavelengths or in that frequency or whatever, are still here and still a part of our universe. It's just that we don't readily perceive them, except maybe in ghostly ways. And I think that's fascinating too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like there's uh, layers and layers and layers of our own reality stacked yeah. on top of each other, just just on a just on a different vibe. And I think that is the coolest thing in the world. It is. I, I think you know what else is cool is getting together with.
1: Good friends like yourself, sir, and having these amazing epic conversations.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's these types of conversations could honestly go on for hours and hours and hours. You know, it's kind of like we could we could even trade like war stories of oh yeah, yes uh, we've had on the shows because man, I've I've had some amazing people on my show. Um there's there's this guy. I need to get him onto your show. His name's Attila and he has wow. got some of the most incredible encounters I've ever heard of in my life. Uh, he, he has kind of coined a, a location here in Australia called Australia's Skinwalker Ranch. Ooh. And the, that he tells from that is, is the scariest thing. It's the only time I've ever had paranormal activity happen in the studio. Wow. That's really cool. <laughs> it, it was, yeah, cool might not be the word I use, but <laughs> it, it was, it was kind of, kind of spooky, you know, knocks on the walls, knocks on the windows, things like that, just oh. things that don't ever, ever happen. And uh, during the conversation, he also had his headphones ripped off him. Oh no way! Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> Very creepy. Very creepy. So I need to put you in touch with him. Yeah. He'll um it. he'll he'll be a good guy for you to have a good chin wag with
1: absolutely brother i'd love to talk to him and and please just give my information i'd i'd love to have that discussion and share that with our listeners but you did have a discussion with them and where can
0: people hear all of those
1: discussions you've had
0: uh the best place to to check out anything from from the believe podcast is go to believepod.com um or just search for the believe podcast on any of the uh, podcast apps out there we probably would be on most of them yeah, I think you're on
1: you're on every one of them <laughs> except maybe one or two, but you guys are all over the place and you're doing a phenomenal job. Uh obviously ladies and gentlemen, you can see why uh people enjoy the Believe podcast uh and why I love talking to Cade. This is the kind of discussions that I this is the the discussions I actually have these kind of discussions in my private life. So <laughs> this is great because I like to talk about this stuff all the time and and uh
0: I, I love your ideas and insights as well, brother. It's just been a pleasure. Oh, Brent, it's always a pleasure to to come onto the portal and you know, I think this might be my first podcast appearance, but you know, it's always fun jumping onto the YouTube channel with you and uh Hanging out with all your your super dedicated listeners, they are amazing.
1: Yeah, they're great people. I've, you know, I've been really, really fortunate in in finding a whole lot of people that uh, are really uh, incredibly supportive and and uh, absolutely amazing and and contributing in so many ways. So it's it's but again, the same is true for the Believe Podcast. I know you got some amazing listeners as well, and uh, you know, just big things on the way, brother. That's all I'm saying. Twenty twenty two, it's going to be huge, right?
0: Fingers crossed, mate. Who knows what the uh, what the future brings us? But I think twenty twenty two, based off twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, my goodness, the stakes are getting high, and uh, who knows what's on the uh, horizon for us.
1: <laughs> well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for listening to us and uh, and joining us in this discussion, and uh, we'll be back soon. I don't know. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Paranormal Portal Radio, as well as finding us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at Paranormal Portal, P-O-R-T-L. And uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. we got hundreds of shows, journeys into the Paranormal Portal. So we'll check it it out, guys. We're over there at youtube.com slash Paranormal Portal. So hope to see you guys. As soon. Uh, we'll be back, of course, for more podcasts in the coming days. So we love you all. Be good, be kind, be nice, take care of each other, help each other out, find the magic in every day, and remember to laugh as much as you can.